Um, hi, this is my fifth podcast episode. I'm going to continue on where I left off yesterday, just talking about my story. Um, I've just finished a nursing day shift, so I've just got home. I'm sitting outside on the grass with a nice glass of wine. It was a busy day. Um, so... I was talking yesterday just about my growing up years um, and I got to the part where I had met my husband as a young adult. I was 20 when I met him and he was 19. Um, I mentioned how we fell in love pretty quickly and that's when the chaos started with my mum. It was an incredibly painful time As I said, she wasn't too bad. Um, She was a very sort of ignoring mother up until that point. And then that's when things just switched and got super crazy. She just turned into a monster. I can't think of any other way to describe it. Um, Just thinking about it, it still just doesn't make sense to me. And it's still just... I just see a picture of just such intense craziness that I still can't make sense out of what happened. Um, Having done all my research on narcissistic behaviour and their traits and all those things, I have now a complete understanding, but it still, at a personal level, makes no sense. So I was a very good, beautiful young girl um, who any other parent would have been just so proud of. I was accomplished. I had completed my nursing training, so I was now a registered nurse. I'd secured a good job. I'd always worked full-time since I finished high school, so I was a very hard worker. I was committed to church and... Um, doing different things within the church like Sunday school and taking youth group and different things and I had now met a beautiful man so I literally ticked all the right boxes for a functioning good young adult Um, but every single thing I did was wrong in my mother's eyes and she went out of her way to make sure I knew that She was disapproving of me at every single turn, whether it was um, an outfit that I wore or, you know, I started, wow, it's honestly just such craziness. I started, for example, I I dressed lovely. I, I was conservative dressing. I wasn't dressing like a, you know, tart. Um... Just thinking, just this little example that's come to mind, um, we got into a little network marketing business for a little bit. They're stupid, so, you know, that's not something we love to remember, but um, we did, and so I bought a couple of outfits, went shopping with my partner and bought a couple of nice sort of business-style outfits, and I was at home trying them on, and... She came in and she looked at me and I remember saying something like, you know, I'm dressed for success and her just, oh, don't you go get caught up in all that nonsense and just 
no matter what I did, she just had to cut me down, just had to. She just could never ever be happy for me or proud of me or anything, supportive, supportive of anything. Um, so it, it just was such an incredibly painful time. I just really struggle with going back to revisit it, but um, this is actually really healthy for me to be doing this podcast. I can really feel a release inside just with every episode that I do, so I'm going to keep doing it. I think it's good, definitely good for me. Um, I've thought about why I'm doing it, and um, there are several reasons, but one of them that... um, I think one of them that comes to mind is that I've never been listened to. I've never had a voice in my family. I've tried and tried a zillion, trillion times to tell them what my experiences has been like, tell them, open up conversation about the fucked up shit that's gone on in our family and particularly with me and never had one single person listen to me. I've always had my husband, always, always had his love and support there. He's the only one that's ever really listened. Um, So this is a way of me being able to speak it and tell my story, tell my truth and just say it. Whether somebody on the other end of this podcast listens, I don't know yet. If you do and you'd like to contact me, I would really love that. I've started an Instagram page for that purpose. Um, that's the only reason I've d- I'm doing the Instagram page is just to be contacted. I kind of want to keep my full name anonymous because I don't um, just out of a protection for my siblings who are all still very much alive. Um, I don't, I'm not here to name and shame. Definitely not. That is definitely not my intention. My intention is to just tell my story. It's unfortunate that they're all caught up in it, so I don't want to name them. Um, So I've started an Instagram with the same name as my podcast, Learning to Sparkle, and I would really love to hear from anybody at all that does listen and their thoughts, feelings, anything. I'd just love to hear from you. So if you do listen, please do contact me, Learning to Sparkle on Instagram. Um... So I, as I was saying, I was extremely functioning. Um, I was just starting my career as a registered nurse, having finished my nursing training. And that was really, really tough because I was um, learning a brand new job. Paediatric nursing was all new to me. I started as a new grad in the baby's ward, which was really hard. They are not cute little babies. They're very sick babies, very sick with lots and lots of complicated medical conditions, most of them. And I was terrified. I'd never changed a nappy before. So to be thrown into that, I was, I was terrified. I didn't cope very well at all that first 12 months. Um, and that was just compounded a trillion times by the chaos that was going on in my home. So the picture of that home scene looked like my brothers had both got married by that stage. Now, my older brother had been married for quite a few years. My younger brother, he 
had met his partner and she was the same age as us um and then she was 19 when they got married and that in itself was pretty crazy because we weren't actually allowed to have boyfriends so my mum couldn't have been more supportive she always was very liked my this is the brother that's always been free to do whatever he wants and it's always been okay so of course she was going to like his partner and the rules all were different for her than what they were for us so that was tricky for us to um, handle that one because we were just struggling to be free to have some independence and then move on to our own steps of having a boyfriend and getting married and it was just simply not allowed my twin sister had started going out with her to be part um, husband when they were 15 so they had a very long courtship and they were not allowed to get married at all. He was not accepted. They didn't like him. I didn't want her to be with him. They caused a lot of problems. When I say they, both my parents. Um, and when I say both, my mother always the instigator. My father just the passive one at her heels. <laughs> um, I struggled watching their battle with that because I had been friends with her partner since we'd met in grade 8 and I really liked him, he was a really good guy and I hated seeing the craziness that they were going through um, and I was the one that always stood up to our mother. Unfortunately my sister never did, she just didn't find a voice for that but I was always the one standing up and just saying, this is crazy, he's a nice guy, why don't you like him? Um, and so pretty much what happened with my sister, this is my twin sister, she just didn't cope. In her way of coping, she ended up with chronic fatigue and went to bed. So she did complete her nursing training, but then she went to bed pretty much for the next couple of years. Um, in my opinion that was very much psychologically based and that was a perfect spot for our mother to have her there that's right where she wanted her just in a sick bed where she could oversee things the only way her partner was able to see her was to come visit her at a sick bed um, so that went on for a while and then eventually they were permitted to get married after seven years and that was a very very sad story because by then um, they'd lost all their romance there was nothing nothing nice left there in their relationship it had pretty much just died and it was really sad and I just the, was so determined there was no way in the world that was ever going to happen to me so that was where that sister was and then the whole house was just full of sickness my father had retired in his early 50s um, and he also apparently had chronic fatigue plus his mental health issues so he was home um, and then my older sister seemed to get a diagnosis of chronic fatigue my mum I think even had the diagnosis given to her and they all just seemed to go off to this weird doctor and I'd get vitamin drips and Oh, it was just this crazy house, so crazy. 
And then there was me on the sideline trying to just function like a normal adult, trying to hold down a full-time job, go off to work, and then trying to hold down a normal relationship with a boyfriend and just live. And um, I was just getting more and more crushed. Just, oh, it would just turn into hell. Um... I remember my confidence in my job was just zero. I was a mess, I was an absolute mess. I didn't know any of this. I didn't know that um, it was even so crazy at home. Um, There was no one I could talk to about it, no one I could tell about it. I didn't know what was going on. It wasn't like I could say, you know, my father's got cancer and my sister's got, you know, this condition. It it, it was just, it was just insanity. Uh, Again, I use that word a lot because it's the only word I can think of to describe it. Um, And I just kept plodding along, desperately trying to function, but um, I just I was not coping inside at all. I just wasn't. Thank God I managed to stay upright and keep going one foot after another. That's when eating disorders became pretty hectic for me. Again, I really hate talking about this, but it's just part of it all. Um, I had said before how I had had anorexia. Um, I had switched now to bulimia. And the psychology behind bulimia is that um, you lose control. So the anorexia is control and the bulimia is losing control. So I would be very good at um, sticking to my restrictive eating plan, but um, I would just have these episodes when I was alone of just having binges, which I just hate, but I would have binges on... um, foods that I wouldn't normally allow myself and then make myself bring it all up it's a disgusting horrible horrible thing to do and I absolutely hated myself for it which is all part of it that self-loathing comes into it um that's exactly what you do you just you do this behavior that just makes you so repulsed that it sort of confirms how you feel about yourself and that's pretty much what was happening. So I, in my external world, I was losing control. Um, I'd had that control when I was single and just doing my nursing training and mum was leaving me alone. And then now she had just, it was like she had a vice around me, just squeezing it tighter and tighter. And I now had a partner to try and um, share my life with and make fit. And it wasn't fitting because I had so much conflict with my parents over it and nothing was working and that craziness was coming out in my work. I was struggling trying to um, learn a new job and trying to be accomplished there and nothing was working. All this chaos in my life, nothing was working. And I'd go out to work and be normal and be mixing with work friends and a normal world and... Um, go home to this absolute craziness so that it got really bad for me with that with my eating disorder and um, I obviously had severe depression that I didn't recognize 
didn't know anything about mental health awareness back then so I didn't know what was going on I just knew that things were just hectic and in a really bad way um I started having severe panic attacks again they weren't named all of this thing is known about now everyone knows about these sort of things they there's that massive awareness of mental health it's advertised everywhere everyone has education there was no education and no internet to research anything and I had no adult in my life that I could go to for help or advice or support or anything so it was just me on my own not having a clue Um, so I am aware now that I had pretty severe panic attacks I became extremely social phobia be very very frightened being around people um, extremely frightened of people I got to the point where I could barely speak. I was just so afraid to even speak. I would stutter on my words. I didn't know how to speak to people. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know I could say anything. I was terrified of any any encounter with people pretty much because I just, I was like locking up inside. That's how I could describe it, just locking up. Somehow I had this boyfriend who adored me. I don't know why. I still don't know why. I still say that to him. I just don't get why he did with all of this shit going on. Um, His parents met my parents once and then that was it. They never met again. They obviously just didn't get on. And so that probably didn't help. Um, my boyfriend would come over to my house and not be received at all, not welcomed. So it was really, really difficult to be with him. Um, I did start spending more and more time at his place, which just made things even worse because we didn't spend time with my family. We just spent all our time with his family. That just added fuel to the fire, but that's because they were literally pushing me away. Um, I had no clue how to handle everything because I wanted desperately to please my parents and do the right thing and make everything great but everything I did just seemed to be wrong and a mistake and make things even worse than they were before. We were involved in a little church and we um, together were doing Sunday school and taking a little youth group and things Um, It was the wrong church. All of that was wrong. We were just, I was constantly in trouble. My mum would do things like um, I'd get up early to go to work and she'd just pick the worst times. She had no filter, no boundaries, no common sense to know when to speak and not not to say something and so I'd be tired and getting up ready to go to work in the mornings and she'd come into the kitchen and start having a go at me and she'd say that she'd God had woken her up at three o'clock in the morning uh she'd he'd put put me on her heart and spoken to her about things and think she would say things like God had told her that I was struggling with sexual sin and then she'd want to demand, you know, am I and all this sort of thing. And I've, 
of course I was. This was, we were supposed to um, not have sex till we got married. That was the very strong train of thought amongst their thinking and the Christian circle that they were in. Um, and we were very much trying to do that, very much. But at the same time, we were normal good-looking kids that were attracted to each other um so yeah we were struggling so that's a no-brainer I don't think God had to tell her that I think it was pretty um self-explanatory but that would happen a lot that she would get up and God had woken her up and she couldn't sleep and she'd been in the prayer closet since three o'clock in the morning praying for me and I would just have all that guilt because oh my gosh what have I done now why does God keep telling her these terrible things about me? Um, I was just so conflicted. What, what do I do? Do I stay with my husband? Do I break up? We did break up about three times because um, I was always trying to please my mum. Broke his heart every time. Um, never lasted long because we just couldn't be apart. Um... We did wanting we wanted to get married pretty early on, and because we were trying to do the right thing with sex, um, I went to my parents and said, you know, we'd really like to get married, and then they just gave me this big speech how they couldn't possibly afford it for at least another two years because of my dad's superannuation or some this and that, and I burst into tears and I just said to them, but it's so hard. And my mum just said to me in the coldest voice, I know, and that's why you shouldn't sit so close together. And that was that from her. No empathy, no understanding, no warmthness, no kindness. Um, that was how she was with every encounter with me. Um, and that just broke my heart. And we ended up, we'd been together three years when we finally did get married. Um, we just had to go ahead with it. Um, I'll just backtrack. So my twin sister finally was allowed to get married. They'd end up being together for seven years before they were finally permitted. Um, her wedding was, wasn't was great. It was my mum's show. She got to pick everything. My sister hated her dress, hated the reception, pretty much hated everything about her wedding. She pretty much just sat back. She was still in a sick bed at this stage, hadn't been working for a long time. So she just, um, she had no spirit, nothing inside her really. So she just sat back and let my mother pretty much do all the organizing. And that was a really, really sad thing to watch. So I was just like, no, it is not happening to me. There is no chance ever that that's gonna happen to us. We're going to have a beautiful wedding, how we want to have it. She is not going to win this one. So even though I was broken and I was a mess and I was a complete basket case, I still always had some kind of strength. I always managed to have some strength inside me and I just kept going. So my twin sister did get married. Um, her wedding day was... Um, I just remember when she was, they were getting ready to leave the reception. I was her bridesmaid, not her matron maid of honour, because she thought she would 
choose the older sister because that might make her happy, she thought, um, which is really, really sad still to me that she wouldn't have picked me because we were very close. We weren't close at all with our older sister, so that's just a classic example of how things rolled. Just make a decision to try and please them instead of just doing what was, you know, the right thing and what we wanted to do. Um, and anyway, at the reception, when it came time for them to leave, I just bawled. I absolutely was sobbing, just gut-wrenching sobs. It wasn't normal. It wasn't normal. But there was such valid reasons for that. And I just remember it as one of the just trillion times where I was, again, unnoticed. Nobody saw the... Um, the meaning behind that what was going on just nobody has ever seen anything and the reason I was sobbing so much wasn't um it was because she was leaving me at home without her up until that point she was the only a uh, little bit of salvation that I had there as children growing up we had just clung to each other de for desperate um, safety and protection and just company to survive and she was leaving she wasn't going to be in the home to help me and I had just suddenly got an awareness that I wasn't going to cope I could not do it without her I just knew it. and I was just sobbing just absolutely sobbing um and as it turned out it didn't last long with <laughs> I didn't cope at all and the conflict just got so much worse with my mum after that um, and I just, we would just fight and fight and fight and I'm not a fighter, I'm not, that's not the kind of person I am so it was just, it was just so such madness, just such horrible, horrendous madness. And so one day there was a big conflict over something and I just knew I could not cope anymore. I couldn't take this anymore and I just packed clothes and I went to my sister's house and I ended up living with them for a few months because there's no way. I just could not live in at that house with my parents and my older sister who didn't speak to me like at all. She just didn't speak to me. She, she was obviously very depressed herself she had no friends her only friends were our parents friends she had no life of her own she was a secretary at a, the um, city mission and her life was that and coming home and just doing craft in the evening and going to bed and she was in a very sad place so I was again trying to function like a normal person or living with a sister like that and parents that father was mentally unwell and a mother I didn't know what she was did not know what she was but I knew she was some kind of monster I, I could tell that um and just backtracking a little bit further I did end up going overseas um my twin sister's husband's sister who I was friends with had been nannying in London and she was going to come home for their wedding so she asked me to come over and travel, just stay in London with her for a little while and then travel Europe. So I did get my overseas trip and I stayed quite a few weeks in London and then we did a bus tour of Europe, went to all the main cities of Europe and it was good but um, I was 
going out with my boyfriend and I just desperately missed him and I was really starting to break apart pretty epically at that time so I wasn't in a good place I didn't cope being away from him because I just missed him and everywhere I went I thought this is great but I just want to be with him Venice the city of love I remember ringing him reverse charges just like I miss you um but of course there's no way in the world we would have been allowed to go away together um, just an example of crazy stuff that my mum would do. We did go to New Zealand together, him and me. He was best man for a friend's wedding in New Zealand. Um, so we were going and we weren't married, obviously. And the morning we were to fly out, my mum came at me and just, you know, going in one of her rages. She can't believe I'm actually going and all her friends couldn't believe I'd be going away like this and she can't believe I'm going through with it. And I'm just like, what? This doesn't even make sense. What is the point of you saying this? We're about to leave for the airport. We're staying in a house like, you know, with a family. We're just going for probably less than a week. And she hadn't said anything until that point and just leaves it until the morning of leaving to decide to say that. What was I expected to do? Um, anyway, so I did move in with my sister and her husband. Um, I spent a lot of my time at my partner's family's house, stayed there a lot more and more. He was at my house barely ever. Um, and then he proposed to me on my 23rd birthday um, in a beautiful way, very romantic, and I wasn't expecting it, and I was very surprised, but the first thing I just said to him was, oh, have you asked my father? I was terrified, just so scared, like how are we going to actually pull this off? And he did ask my dad, and his words were, well, I guess I can't stop you. Um, so the night that he had asked me, we went back to my parents' house and um, we were having a family supper for our birthday. And so all the family were there and I went into the kitchen and I showed mum my ring. And she just said in her coldest voice that she would use all the time for me, um, oh, you're going ahead with it, are you? And then my father made a big speech in front of all the family, how incredibly disappointed they were in us and just so, so disappointed. Um, that just broke me all over again. I was left with my partner, now fiance, and to go and stay at his place that night, just bawled, absolutely bawled all the way there. I just... I just couldn't believe it and what I still can't believe is that my siblings and their partners all just sat there, not one of them stood up for us, defended us. Um, my partner was not a bad guy, he wasn't a drunk, he wasn't a um, criminal, he just a good guy that had a good job he was saving he was gonna build me a house he was just such a nice person and yet it was all just so wrong so we had um, we wanted a short engagement that was wrong 
every single thing we did for our wedding plans was wrong, no matter what we chose, and um, we knew exactly what we wanted, so we just went ahead and chose it all. Wrong, 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 every single thing. We didn't um, go around looking at different wedding venue reception places because we knew exactly where we wanted and it was like half the price of everywhere else. So that would have been good, you would have thought, but that was wrong because a girl's supposed to go around with her parents to everywhere and they're supposed to make that decision together. Um, I knew exactly what I wanted as a dress. It was very simple and basic and it was going to be cheap and I had a friend who was going to make it. Um, that was wrong because I was supposed to go to all the bridal shops and try them on with my mother. So I tried to do something good and I asked her would she come into the city with me to buy the fabric so her and my sister-in-law went in there my mum was just in fine form she could not have been more difficult she was going in because the fabric shop also had bridal dresses so she was literally going into the change rooms of other girls trying who were trying dresses on just saying oh you look so lovely your mother must be so proud of you she was actually doing this and then so we looked at one shop i found the fabric i wanted but i thought oh maybe just to keep her happy we'll go check out another shop so we we're walking down the mall and she's a few steps behind us and she's just sort of talking out loud just saying oh I can't wait to do this you know I love doing this with your other sister and I can't wait to do this with your older sister but you know this is not how it's meant to be and just going on and on and on and on about how disappointed she was in me and everything um so our engagement time was just painful as anything I did move back home because I thought I would try and make things right before I was going to leave for good um that was wrong they just said I was only doing it for I don't even know what they thought the intention might have been that was bad but that was apparently wrong that I'd come back home um and then it came to the night before my wedding my mum came and sat on my bed when I was in my bedroom and she says, she, and I said before, we never got any sort of sex talk or facts of life talk or anything. So I'm 23 now. She comes and sits on my bed and says, wow, I gave your other sister the talk and I can't wait to give it to the older sister. But you, you already know everything, don't you? Don't you? Who was it? Tell me who it was. And that was it. She was demanding to know if I had been with whatever it was just awful it was just so awful and so wrong she was so cold and the night before my wedding it was supposed to be such a beautiful time and that's what she gives me the morning of my wedding she spent the whole morning crying I caught her talking about me to my older sister she was incapable of whispering so whenever she was talking about you you would always hear it because she was so loud and she was always talking about me um i remember just walking in and just staring at them just staring at them just to make sure they knew that i could hear them and anyway so we did have our beautiful wedding everything was perfect this day i look back i loved my dress i loved our cars we picked i loved the church i loved the reception everything was just beautiful just how we wanted um 
when it came to us leaving the reception, she had just chosen to vanish. She wasn't going to come and say goodbye to me. And we were getting into the limousine and everyone was saying, hang on, where's her mum? Her mum hasn't come and said goodbye to her yet. And she had purposely gone inside and wasn't going to come out and didn't come out. She didn't come out. We left without her. Um, uh, something I did that day, she'd gone on and on and on about how much her dress had cost and she had had it made. It wasn't anything special, but for some reason it cost like $800. I felt so bad about her spending this much money on my wedding that she didn't even want to go to. So I left um, $800 in cash under her pillow with the house key and just put a little note because I just felt so bad. thought I should at least pay for her dress and she didn't even want me to have the wedding in the first place. Um, so we were married and finally I was out. Um, by the time I got married, I was just complete shattered person. It was literally like a shattered, broken, smashed glass bottle that someone had literally just thrown on a concrete floor. There was nothing left in me. I was just a shell of a person, just completely done, just so broken. It took me a very long time to get better. Um, and I will might go into the further steps from there in another episode. Because um, as I said, this is a very painful one for me to revisit. Um, but just to recap, we did the right thing. We are still very happily married. He was not a bad guy, he didn't turn into a bad guy. He was my Prince Charming that rescued me. I feel like I was Cinderella with the awful stepmother and sisters and he found me and took me away and we have had a beautiful life, very, very beautiful life. Um, created our beautiful family, we have a beautiful house We've just worked hard, stuck together, done it together. Um, I did not make a mistake. I will continue more tomorrow when I do another episode of what happens after that. Thank you very much for listening. I really appreciate it.